The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQRS TV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos. By the way, I'm, I'm going to have to change that up because our friend Sam Britton has got us over there on Missouri Liberty Radio in the afternoon at 4 p.m. Central. So if you're listening by that later on today uh, and you hear that now when you play that, <laughs> then you can go to Sons of Liberty and you can watch it over there, too. OK. All right. But there's two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday. Yes, yours truly. He asked me to come on and talk about some of the things we're going to talk about today. <clears throat> and if you didn't get to see that, you can you can check it out until three o'clock. Eastern this afternoon, at which time Bradley will be live in that little area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got, and then look for the Rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. We're streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. That's the channel over there. Please subscribe. Uh, help us build that up. We... Oh... I lost a personal YouTube channel. I think Bradley lost one, or uh, he lost at least one. I think two YouTube channels during the convids, uh, simply because you know we were having people who were dealing with this stuff, who were looking at the things, and uh, YouTube didn't like that. They said, "No, no, no, uh, terrorist Teddy and the World Health Organization know better than you people do. You, you actual doctors, and Teddy is not a doctor. Uh, I don't even know. Uh, I don't know how many." actual doctors they have working over there but the majority of of doctors we're seeing today what are they engaged in well they're engaged in the sorcery might as well call them a witch doctor for the most part uh they're engaged in pimping out big pharmaceutical pills they're not in, engaged in actually seeking for to get you in a position where your body can heal itself naturally the way god intended nope they're interested in popping you pills making money off of that getting you know, kickbacks from big pharma. Uh, and there are some good doctors out there, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to, you know, interview those guys. It's your body. Why shouldn't you get a second, third, fourth opinion? 
and find somebody who actually knows how to solve the problem rather than put a Band-Aid on the symptom. Anyway, that's what had happened. So we're building that up. So we appreciate your support in uh, doing in, in in subscribing to the channel over there. Also, we're, we're streaming live to beforeitsnews.com, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there. And we appreciate those guys uh, also giving us a spot right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, again, you get that once a day between 7 and 8 Eastern in the evening. All the articles, including the Morning Show archive. And this was, uh, this was the one yesterday with Dave Jose uh, instructing your public servants. If you missed that, it was a great show. We went two and a half hours <laughs> yesterday. And I got to tell you, a big surprise tomorrow. Um, the Common Lawyer from CommonLawyer.com, Brent Winters, will be with us, Lord willing. I'm going to be doing the interview later today. And uh, some of you guys liked when Brent was on, especially when he rolls his otters. <laughs> uh, but I love talking with Brent. Brent is uh, just a stand-up guy, down-to-earth fella. And um, he's super smart and uh, very intelligent. And, and by the way, I think uh, he, he was involved in helping our friend Charlie Stewart over at God Send Us Men uh, when Charlie was arrested by a cop who told him he was arresting him because of the books on his site. Yeah, maybe we might have to have Charlie back just to tell that story. It's unbelievable. That was in the state of Missouri. And the case went on for five years. Five years over this cop arresting a guy because he simply wanted to worship God according to his conscience, according to what he saw in the scriptures, and he had books on his website. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Anyway. All right, so there's those. And then if you want our ministry email, please go to sonsoflibertyradio.com. You can sign up for that on the front page. And uh, that is available to everybody. And that's exclusive content. We send out those emails on Saturday, usually. Uh, we didn't get to send one out this week because uh, Bradley and them were in Arizona and somehow that got missed. All right, so uh, that, that the new one should go out this Saturday. Okay. All right. There is um, some news that's out, and it concerns Uganda, and it concerns certain people within the U.S. government. Now, what's interesting to me is that America, there's no doubt in my mind, and I'm going back way before the Constitution, okay? There's no doubt that the men who came over established America, or their colonies in America, which became their states, <clears throat> ultimately grew into their states, there's no doubt that they were Christian. I don't know how anybody can honestly say they were not Christian. They were. They clearly were. One of the first things that I point to is the Mayflower Compact. This is 1620. This is the agreement between the settlers at New Plymouth. Here's what they said. And you can see their names if you're, if you're watching by way of sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can see their names there. In the name of God, amen. In the name of who? In the name of God. That would have been understood then as Yahweh, the God of the Bible, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign, Lord King James, by the grace of God, of Great Britain, France, and Ireland, King, Defender of the Faith, 
Now they had they had a little problem there, I think, uh, in some of that language, but they were recognizing that they were coming in the name of God, by the grace of God, having undertaken for the glory of God, not for the glory of the king, but the glory of, well, the King Jesus, the glory of God, an advancement of the Christian faith, and the honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia, do by these presents, solemnly and mutually, in the presence of God, and one another covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic for our better ordering, ordering and preservation and furtherance of the ends aforesaid and by virtue hereof do enact, constitute and frame such just and equal laws, ordinances, acts, constitutions and officers from time to time as shall be thought most meet and convenient the gen of the general good of the colony, unto which we promise all due submission and obedience. And they have their witness there, and uh, there's all these guys, John Carver, William Bradford, some of these guys you've heard before, Edward Winslow, William Brewster, uh, I'm trying to see if there's some other names, Moses Fletcher that you might re you may remember. If you had, if you had a, de a halfway decent history lesson that actually uh, went into this. But there's a number of signers to this, let's see, four, Four, eight, eleven, is that 11 on each line? Three, I can't even count. Three, six, nine, 10, 11. Yeah, there's 11 on each line. There's three of those, so that's what, 33, and then you add three, six, just so the radio audience sees it, here, or sees it that it doesn't have that. So you got 36, and then you got eight. 44. 44 signers onto this, okay? That was in the beginning, 1620. 1620, the first colony established here in Virginia, okay, who were they appealing to? Well, they were appealing to God. They were appealing to God. And they were they were there. Why were they doing it? Why did they come over? It was for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. Now they put together a body politic, yes, but it was for the advancement of the Christian faith. Now there's another one. And again, I learned this from our friend Charlie Stewart. Uh, I had not heard of the New Haven um, colony constitution before Charlie. This is a, an image taken from a book where it's, where it's laid out here. You can see this at archive.org. And um, I want to read to you some of the text because it's quite lengthy. This is, um, this is the fundamental agreement or original constitution of the colony of New Haven. This was from 1639, so it's not that far behind 1620, the Mayflower Compact. This is uh, less than two decades later, okay? And just, get, just, just so you get a feeling for how these men viewed the governance of God. In other words, they recognized Jesus was, was king, and his law was supreme. And his, by the way, it wasn't just his law, but his statutes and his judgments. And I'm going to show you some stuff within scripture, okay, that's just going to back this up as to why we would be wise to listen to the commands, the statutes, and the judgments of God. And we're going to see how our representatives, our 
indentured servants, if you will, as we talked about with Dave yesterday, how our indentured servants will not submit themselves to God, but they will shake their fists in the face of God and they will blast those who do not, who, who want to uphold the law of God. All right. So here's what it says. I'm just going to read here the, um, the first sentence or the first paragraph and you'll get the idea. The fourth day of the fourth month called June 1639. All the free planters assembled together in a general meeting to consult about settling civil government. According to God, hmm, did you hear that? According to God and the nomination of persons that might be found. Now, you go, well, where's this nomination? Where's these kind of things coming from? Well, I would see them as if you're going to have a servant, you look for, did people pick out servants in the New Testament? Yeah. Did they do it in the Old Testament? Yeah. Wasn't anything new. In the New Testament, you read about it, I think it's in Acts chapter 6, uh, where the Hellenist, uh, and that's just the Greek-speaking uh, widows, were not being taken care of. They didn't have their daily allowance. The people were supposed to take care of them, not the government. Okay, And so what did, what, what, what did the uh, apostles say? Well, they said, hey, uh, you guys choose for you men of good character, and they're full of the Holy Ghost. And of course, those men are brought to the, the elders, the apostles there, and they're checked out and they say, okay, this, these are the guys you chose. They're going to be the diakonos. They're going to be the servants. Okay, They're going to do this, this service on the behalf of the people. The people are either going to bring food or clothing or money or whatever's needed for the, to take care of those widows each day. The people are going to do it themselves. It's not going to be by force. It's not communism. The people did it because they loved one another. That means that it's voluntary, not forced. Government is forced. That's all, that's all government knows how to be is force. Okay. So what they do is they had these guys up. They became called, or they, they were called deacons. Now, deacons were not just anybody you pulled off the street. I want you to understand this too, because we've talked about the character of elders and deacons in the church. You can look these up in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1. Deacons were servants in the church. They were not teachers, they were servants. And they have certain qualifications, and those qualifications require us looking at their character. Among those things is looking in their homes, looking to their families, to their wives, to their children, how they run their home. Do they, have the, do they hold the faith in a good conscience? Are they men who are drunkards or not? Are they men who are you know, given over to certain things like filthy lucre and stuff? You have to examine that. Now, let me ask you something. If we're going to use the term indentured servants for our representatives in government, shouldn't we be looking for a high caliber of character in those men? Yeah. But what do we put up? Every time, what do we put up? Everybody who's listening to me probably knows a man who has good character in your community, who runs his house well, and who is faithful to God. Everybody probably knows that. They probably know a man like that, or maybe several men like that. And the question is, why do we get men whose lives have demonstrated a lack of character, a lack of love for God? It doesn't matter what their mouth says. Look at what they do. Remember that? God says... Their lips are close to me. Their hearts are far from me. And I hear 
professed Christians tell me, oh, well, we're not looking for a preacher in, in, in chief or pastor in chief. And what they're saying is, I want a lower standard for the guy who's going to actually uh, be, be affecting my life probably more through things he signs into law or people that push bills into law than my pastor is in my own community. All right? So think about that. But here are these people. They're going to do that. They're going to set this up, and they're going to nominate these people. So let's continue on with what it says. And the nomination of persons that might be found by consent of all, fittest in all respects for the foundation work of a church, which was intended to be gathered in Quinnipat. After solemn invocation of the name of God, hmm, they called upon God in prayer. That's how you call upon God. For the presence and help of his spirit and grace. So they called upon God, knowing his word, that he might help them and empower them by spirit and grace. In those weighty businesses, they were reminded of the business whereabout they met for the establishment of such civil order as might be most pleasing unto God and for the choosing the fittest men for the foundation work of a church to be gathered. For the better enabling them to discern the mind of God and to agree accordingly concerning the establishment of civil order. Mr. John Davenport propounded diverse queries to them publicly, praying them to consider seriously in the presence and fear of God the weight of the business they met about, and not to be rash or slight in giving their votes to things they understood not, but to digest fully and thoroughly what should be propounded to them and without respect to men as they should be satisfied and persuaded in their own minds to give their answers in such short as they would be willing should stand upon record for posterity. So, it's pretty simple. Here they come to set up civil government. And how are they doing that? Well, they're doing it by their appeal to God. Now, let's look at just a couple of things here, okay? And these are the queries that are put before them. These are, let me just give you the first two here, okay? And then I'll have a link if you guys want to go look it up. Uh, in fact, I will drop this here in the chat for those who are still viewing that you can check this out. <clears throat> but I want you to see the first two queries, okay? So here they are. And then we're going to get into how uh, we're seeing Americans, many of them who call themselves Christian, are just shaking their fist in the face of Almighty God. They really are. So query one is this. And remember, these are the queries that I just read that were in that first paragraph that are put before the men uh, to see whether or not they agree with them. So whether the scriptures do hold forth a perfect rule for the direction and government of all men, in all duties which they are to perform to God and men, as well as in families and commonwealth, as in matters of the church. This was assented unto by all, no man dissenting, as was expressed by holding up of hands. Now, understand something. This is the church. This is the ecclesia. These are the people of God, the assembly of God. Some of you guys listening to me, in some states, your state legislature, unlike South Carolina, which is just called the South Carolina legislature, yours is called the assembly. Your, your indentured servants are uh, the assemblyman. That's their title. Same thing. 
That's where that comes from. All right. So it says no man dissented as was expressed by holding up of hands. So they didn't do it privately. They didn't have a secret ballot. You know, whatever's done in secret, God sees, and Jesus says it's going to be shouted from the housetop. Why are we so keen on, on these secret ballots? Oh, that's freedom. No. No, that leaves it open for all kinds of mischief, doesn't it? As we've, as we've seen over and over and over again. <laughs> Afterwards, it was read over to them that they might see in what words their vote was expressed. They again expressed their consent by holding up of their hands, no man dissenting. So they asked it once. All the people voted. Publicly, everybody knew what people were voting, and then they ask it again just to make sure. Okay, make sure we understood you guys correctly. And they all held up their hands and said, yep, that's what we're for. Query number two, whereas there was a covenant solemnly made by the whole assembly of free planters of this plantation, the first day of extraordinary humiliation, which we had after we came together, that as in matters that concern the gathering and ordering of a church, so likewise, in all public officers, which concern civil order, as choice of magistrates and officers, making and repealing laws, dividing allotments of inheritance, and all things of like nature, so this is going to be dealt with in the civil sphere, or the public sphere, we would all of us be ordered by those rules which the scripture holds forth to us. This covenant was called a plantation covenant to distinguish it from a church covenant. You understand the difference that they're laying out here? Okay. Which could not at that time be made a be made a church not being then gathered but was deferred till a church might be gathered according to God. It was demanded whether all the free planters do hold themselves bound by that covenant in all business of that nature which are expressed in the covenant to submit themselves to be ordered by the rules held forth in the scripture. All right? And of course, they all, they all signify they agree with this by the uplifting of their hands publicly. No private ballots are allowed here. Okay. All right. So early on, there's no question that, that we were established, that, that men who established their colonies, which became states and such, were Christian. Anybody who tells you different, the history just speaks for itself. It was completely different. Okay. And I'm going to read to you some state... Um, laws in just a bit that I've done before. Some of this stuff is going to be a repetition uh, of some things that we've talked about before, but I want to draw us from the 1600s to 2023. Many of you have probably seen the news. If you haven't, let me give it to you. This is from Politico, and here's what it is. They were reporting on the nation of Uganda, okay, passing law, uh, passing into law anti-sodomy legislation. Now, they already had anti-sodomy legislation. Uh, the guy who's over things, I, if I understand him correctly, the president there, they already had anti-sodomy laws, but he was against if somebody, you know, merely said, I identify this way, but they haven't said they've engaged in sodomy or lesbianism or any of this other stuff. They, they, would, ident they would say something with their mouth, but they had not performed any action. He wasn't willing to carry out the punishment against them. Okay, I guess unless they confess to actually doing it. 
Okay. But I, the, just identifying, okay, in my heart, I think this. Okay. And government is not to be about our hearts or our heads. We answer to God for that, and God will judge us for that. This is what Jesus meant when he said, if you lust in your heart after a woman, you commit adultery with her. If you hate your brother in your heart uh, without a cause, you've committed murder. We're going to answer to God for that. But we answer to man for our actions, what we do. And we'll answer to God for it too. Don't get me wrong. But man is the one who brings justice in that matter on behalf of what God has instructed. I'm going to show you that. It will be undeniable. It's going to be undeniable, okay, of what God has instituted. And how when man fails to uphold God's commands, his statutes, and judgments, what happens to him? Well, he brings upon himself a curse. He brings upon himself a curse. All right? So here's from Politico. Um... Kampala, Uganda. Uganda's president has signed into law tough new anti-sodomite legislation. I'm not calling it gay. I'm just not going to do it. Supported by many in this East African country, by widely condemned, uh, but widely condemned by rights activists and others abroad. They're not rights. These people are not rights activists. They're libertines. Not libertarians. They're libertines. Okay? If you don't know what a libertine is, they just do whatever the heck they want to do. They go wife swap. They'll cheat you for something and tell you that it's fair. Yeah, that's what that's what these people are. The version of the bill signed by President Yoweri Museveni doesn't criminalize those who identify as LGBTQ, a key concern for campaigners who condemned an earlier draft of legislation as an egregious attack on human rights. But the new law still prescribes the death penalty. Let me say that again. The new law still prescribes the death penalty for aggravated homosexuality, which is defined as cases of sexual relations involving people infected with HIV. Now, don't we have laws like that? I think we do. Where if you're known to have HIV, or what's termed as HIV, and you don't inform the person that you're engaging sexually, whether through sodomy or sexual intercourse, and there are, those two things are different, that you can be held accountable if they die from HIV and you give it to them. I mean, if that's, I, you know, I don't even know. I don't even know what I believe about the HIV. I just think a lot of that stuff has been, we've got a narrative pushed by the state. Anyway, that's neither here nor there for this. They're infected with HIV as well as with minors and other categories of vulnerable people. So this is what it's to deal with here. They already have, in fact, they already have a law to deal with sodomites, and it's death if you're found guilty of it, okay? A suspect convicted of attempted aggravated homosexuality can be imprisoned for up to 14 years, according to the legislation. So they're not even putting these guys to death here, okay? Uh, they, they're saying they can put them into prison for up to 14 years. And yes, it still does have the death penalty, but they can also do this too. Parliamentary Speaker Anita Among said in a statement that the president had, quote, answered the cries of our people in signing the bill. The people don't want it. They don't want it. <laughs> I forgot to pull up the video. I'm going to show you that in just a second. They don't want it. They don't want, uh, the, they don't want the LGBTQ agenda. And they're very vocal about it. 
With a lot of humility, I thank my colleagues, the members of parliament, for withstanding all the pressure from bullies and doomsday conspiracy theorists in the interest of our country, the statement said. Museveni had returned the bill to the National Assembly in April asking for changes that would differentiate between identifying as LGBTQ and actually engaging in homosexual acts. I do think there's a, there is a distinction. That angered some lawmakers, including some who feared the president would proceed to veto the bill amid, amid international pressure. Lawmakers passed an amended version of the bill earlier in May. Homosexuality was already illegal in Uganda under a colonial era, a colonial era law criminalizing sexual activity against the order of nature. Now that is understood in law as a crime against nature. Okay. We're going to read some of that in just a minute. The punishment for that offense is life imprisonment. <laughs> okay, they're, not, they're upholding God's law in that, but they're not upholding his judgment with life imprisonment because somebody's got to pay for those guys. Okay, somebody's got to pay for it. The illegitimate Biden administration has warned Uganda of economic consequences, no doubt sanctions, which are acts of war, against the country if they leave this law in place. What business does the illegitimate Biden administration have telling another country who, at least at some level, is trying to uphold the law of God? And if nothing else, the law of nature. I mean, the, the, it is unnatural. It is a crime against nature. Look, people who aren't even believers recognize that this, there's something wrong about sodomy. There's, there's something wrong. Yeah, that, this doesn't go there. <laughs> the illegitimate Biden administration has warned Uganda of economic consequences. That means sanctions, which are an act of war. Okay. Against the country, if they leave this law in place, a law, I mean, this is the sniffer in chief. This is the child molester in chief with his son, who appears to be a pedophile as well as a degenerate, uh, traitorous individual. Okay. This is a law that would come from the pages of Scripture, would it not? Yeah, of course it does. Leviticus 18.22, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. He doesn't even say it's a sin. He says it's an abomination. That means it's disgusting. It's vile. It's hideous to look upon. This is why I don't even like talking about what these people do. Leviticus 20, verse 13. If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Now, I hear people all the time saying, well, here's the thing. Um, If you're going to stone people, you're just, you're just bloodthirsty. No, honestly, if you were going to deal out the judgments of God, one, the community would be involved. It wouldn't be some guy behind a screen, you know, pushing a plunger to put something in their arms and they kind of go peacefully. So, no, the community would take place. It'd be done in public. And if you think I want any part of that, I really don't. But the Bible says it is to cause people to fear the Lord and to put away the evil from you. There's a benefit, there is a mercy in that 
terrible thing to look upon, which is just, but there is a mercy to the people who live. Don't do what these people do or you will come to this end. It is a mercy to them from God. I wish the people would just repent. Go back in your closet or clean it, one or the other. Do that. We don't need to know what you're doing. We don't need to know what you're about. You don't have to tell us this is Miss Philippines. I open up the news today. Miss Philippines, she, I guess it's Miss Philippines. I don't know if she's Miss Universe. I, I just saw she was from the Philippines. But the point was, is she came out as quote unquote bisexual. No, it just means you're given over to that. God's given you over to that. This is this is what they're this is what they're getting. So let's ask the question. Joe Biden <sighs> Joe Biden, who claims to be a quote unquote Roman Catholic, doesn't mean very much for me. This guy chastises Uganda for their new law. And if you don't repeal this thing, there's going to be economic con consequences. All right. He comes out and does it. Nobody's, I guess, surprised by that. But what business does Joe Biden have doing telling any other country what laws they can pass? He's, he's an illegitimate guy in the White House. And if he was president, he's supposed to be president of the United States, not of Uganda or the rest of the world. This is See, this is where people in their minds... They get this idea, America has to police the world. America has to. No, you don't. You let God take care of those people over there. You want to see the change happen? You start leaving your comfort zone here. You start going over there to those things. You follow the call God has on your life, and you start going and teaching them all things Christ has commanded. Follow the Great Commission if you actually believe it. And you're called there. Quit putting it off. Go and do it. Go to Uganda. Go to Afri other you know, countries in Africa. Go to Russia. Go to China. Go to in the Middle East. Go, go over there and do that. Like many of the, the men and women did before us. You want to change the culture? You don't do it through force. You do it through your teaching, through the education, through the influence you have. Let yourself be the written epistle that all men read, as Paul said. So what happens? I, I, this is not really a surprise, I guess, for, for Joe Biden. Uh, but it's not just that. And let me show you this. Now, I'm going to play this. I'm going to turn it down um, because whatever the language of the Ugandans is, and I don't know it. I'm sorry, I didn't look it up. But you had students from at least 13 universities come out and protest <laughs> Joe Biden's LGBTQ agenda, right? I, I just want you to, you guys who are watching on the, on the video platform, I don't want you to see this. And you guys who are listening, you're going to hear their chants and stuff. You, you can't make out what they're saying, but this is what's being reported uh, out of Uganda. Check this out. Again, there's a lot of these, and I don't even know what they're saying, again. But it's interesting to me, 
This is all these people out here. They don't want it. Like many of you, you don't want the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ agenda being pushed on you or your children. Okay? And they're calling it out. So this is this is the people. This is not just the um the, the president signing this. This is not just the legislature that they have doing that stuff. This is the people. This is the people coming out and doing it. Uh so yeah, they're they're standing with the law. Now, am I saying all these people are Christian? No. As I said before, even unbelievers recognize there's a problem with this stuff. There's a real problem with this stuff. So, let's take a look at some things. It isn't just Joe Biden blasting. It is self-professing Teddy Cruz. This is his tweet that he sent out. I want you to listen to this self-professed Christian. This Uganda law is horrific and wrong. What's it based on? I just read it to you out of Leviticus. Man lies with man, it's an abomination. Man lies with man, they shall surely be put to death. That's God's word. Teddy is saying, God is wrong. And I've heard so many Christians give me this lip. Well, Tim, we can't be putting people to death. That's not the way Jesus would do it. Did you, any of you guys ever listen to Jesus' words against the Pharisees when they wouldn't honor their father and mother? And Jesus said, the one that won't honor father and mother shall be put to death. And what were they doing? What were they dishonoring their mother and father about? They weren't taking care of them in their old age. Honor your father and mother. Honor from where we get the term honorarium. What is that? What is that? It's a show of appreciation through funds or means to help someone for what they have done for you. This is why I have so much respect for uh, someone like, an, well, I'm not going to name her because I don't, I don't want to embarrass her. I don't think it would embarrass her, but she was a contributor at Sons of Liberty. And she had to take time off to take care of her father and take care of her mother. I'm like, you don't have to apologize for that. That's what you should be doing. If you get to submit an article, that's great, but go do what God's told you to do. Praise God for, for men and women who will still care for their mothers and fathers in their old age. That's honoring them. Okay, but Teddy wants to argue with God. Listen to what else he says. Any law criminalizing homosexuality or imposing the death penalty for aggravated homosexuality is grotesque and an abomination. That's Ted Cruz. That's Ted Cruz. Well, Teddy... I want you to come on the Sons of Liberty and explain yourself. Because the God you claim to serve says this, Leviticus 20, 13, If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with woman, both have committed an abomination. That's the abomination, not a law that stands against it. Not a law that brings judgment upon it. They shall surely be put to death. 
their blood shall be upon them. That's the words of the God that you claim you follow, Teddy, and you say, you tell people that it's wrong and the law and the punishment is an abomination. Now, if you don't see the spirit of Antichrist in that, I don't know how to help you. I don't know how to help you. Again, from the lawgiver's word, Leviticus 18.22, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It, what? The man lying with the man like he lies with a woman is an abomination, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz doesn't have the Spirit of God to see that. This is so plain, and, and, and my kids can understand this. This guy is, what is he, 50-something years old? Oh, he started out sounding real good, didn't he? Then he jumped in there with all this other kind of foolishness, and then he tried to run for president illegally because he's not a natural-born citizen. He was naturalized by an act of Congress, and I don't even think he has the paperwork to show his naturalization. Some people have even questioned whether he's a citizen at all. And I think they're probably right. But here's Ted trying to correct the lawgiver, God himself. No, no, no. If you have a law and a punishment that I don't like, well, then that's the abomination. Boy, the arrogance of Ted Cruz. But Teddy's not this, the only one. I played this for you, and we played this on the show yesterday with Bradley. This is the guy running for office in 2024 that everybody wants to support. And by the way, I when I put this this up to show this, I had a woman called Red Pill Woman on on uh, on Rumble who said, "I'm still voting for Trump." Now, I hate to put you through listening to this sodomite again, but I'm going to do it because there's always new people listening. And this sodomite right here is an open one. He claims to be quote unquote married to another man. Trump appointed him as ambassador to Germany, and then he appointed him as head of national intelligence. And then the GOP, the Republican Party, picked this guy up, are paying him to push the LGBTQ rights through the Republican Party. I told you they were going to pick it up. Log cabin Republicans have been in there. They're going to pick that up. And guess what? You give it enough time, they'll be, in for, they'll be siding with pedophiles. Oh, Tim, that's ridiculous. They'll be signing with, the, with those who want to have sex with animals. You give it time. Why? Because they don't hold to the lawgiver, his commands, his statutes, and his judgment. They don't. They tell you that they do it with their, with their mouth, but then they bring in this stuff. So here is Richard Grinnell. I want you to listen. And in between this, you're going to hear Biden, and you're going to hear Trump, and you're going to hear Trump say with his own mouth, with his own mouth, the same things that Ted Cruz is saying about decriminalizing the sodomy and homosexuality in general. Take a listen. President Trump, the most pro-gay president in America. Let me start that again because he, he says this Rick right Rell. at the first. I'm sorry. I'm president Trump is the most pro-gay president in American history. I can prove it. My name is Rick Grinnell. I'm America's first openly gay cabinet member. As a United States Senator, Joe Biden said gay people couldn't receive security clearances because we would be a security risk. Joe must have been terrified when Donald Trump 
appointed me as acting director of national intelligence. The fact that I'm gay didn't even phase Donald Trump. Joe Biden certainly didn't congratulate the appointment or even acknowledge it, but his silence was deafening. President Trump has done more to advance the rights of gays and lesbians in three years than Joe Biden did in 40 plus years in Washington. For four decades, Joe Biden has attacked the LGBT community. As a U.S. Senator, Biden supported Don't Ask, Don't Tell and the Defense of Marriage Act. Biden voted to cut off federal funds to any school that teaches acceptance of homosexuality. Biden said again and again that he was against marriage equality. Senator, do you support gay marriage? No. Marriage is between a man and a woman. And now, well, now that we've made progress, Joe Biden has changed his mind. I know for regress, that President Trump is the strongest ally that gay Americans have ever had in the White House. Donald Trump is the first president in American history to be pro-gay marriage from his first day in office. President Trump knew I was gay when he appointed me to one of the most prestigious and powerful ambassadorships in the world. As ambassador to Germany, President Trump fully supported our fight to crush the homophobic and barbaric Islamic terrorist organization Hezbollah and the Iranian regime that supports them. While President Trump was denying the homophobic regime money, the Obama-Biden team was giving them billions of dollars. Joe Biden not only admits it, he says he'll do it again if elected president. I would, I would reinstate the Iran nuclear deal. President Trump began a historic campaign to decriminalize homosexuality around the globe at the United Nations. Listen to this. Where he publicly challenged the 69 countries who make being gay a crime to change their laws. My administration is working with other nations to stop criminalizing of homosexuality. Gays and lesbians can be put to death in nine countries just for being who we are. So why did Joe Biden fail to make this issue a priority? Gosh, I got to put this. It's not about being who you are. It's engaging in a choice of behavior that is against nature and against the laws of God. It is not about you being Rick Grinnell. It is about you. Nah, I'm not even going to say it. It is about you engaging in behavior that's criminal. That's what it's about. Priority in his more than 40 years in Washington has never answered this question. This is why I believe we need President Trump in office for another four years. And I'm certainly not the only one. There are millions of patriotic gay Americans who are sick of being told to sit down and shut up by those who want to control us. Those who are afraid of our voice. Those who want to keep equality a partisan issue. They tell us our opinions don't matter because we don't subscribe to their groupthink. They try and bully us into silence. But in my experience, proud gay people don't like to be silent. They like to be loud. Yesterday's champions of diversity are today's intolerance. Well, I love this country, and I'm not going to be silent. There are tens of thousands of gay conservatives just like me who also won't be silent. Gay people don't have to vote Democrat because Donald Trump is the most pro-gay president in American history. All right, so you get the idea of what's going on there, okay? That's Rick Grinnell. He says he's going to be loud. He's not going to be silent. Well, if if professed Christians are going to let these people be loud 
about their crimes and they're confessing them. <laughs> Our laws condemn this. They're confessing their crimes. Rick Grinnell just told, I don't like the term gay. I think it's a marketing term. You can read about it in The Marketing of Evil by David Kuplian, and you'll see how they marketed it. I think there was another book that was out, something about the ball. I forget what the the um, the last, I forget what it was. Uh, but he references that book about how the sodomites came in and started marketing themselves as not queer, not sodomites, but gay. They were just like everybody else. They just happened to be with a member of the same sex. And again, I got a lady who sees this. They hear it out of Donald Trump's mouth and they say, I'm voting for Trump anyway. Let me tell you something. Romans 1 applies to you too. This is the New Testament. I've given you the Old Testament. Let me give you the New Testament here. Romans 1, and Paul starts off saying, I'm preaching the gospel to you. And he says this, verse 16, he's telling the Romans there in the first century, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believeth. It's not the power of God to salvation for those who don't believe, but for those who believe. That's why Jesus is a, an actual Savior, not a potential Savior. He really saves his people from their sin. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith that is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness, Ted Cruz, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Rick Grinnell, you know it. You can see it all around you. The wrath of God is revealed against heaven, against your ungodliness and your unrighteousness. You see it. You don't even need to hear the word of God to know that. That's just enough to condemn you. Because that, which may be known of God, is manifest in them. They know God exists. And what do they know about God? For God hath showed it unto them for the invisible things of him, that's God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen. They see it. They see it so clear. This is why you got to keep holding up the perfect law of liberty in front of them. To not only to, to expose in them constantly what they already know. It's self-evident in them. Okay. And Mr. Wordsworth is correct. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Every, every person who is engaged in the LGBT, all of them are proud. All of them. They're just like their father, the devil. What was his issue? Pride. I will be like the Most High. I will ascend into heaven. I will sit on the throne. And you see that manifest in these people who want power. They want to be gods. That's what they want to be. I mean, this ultimately, ultimately is the push in the Mormon religion that one day man, they will, those who follow those little, you know, layouts of the things they're supposed to do will eventually become gods. Just like the God they say exists was a once a man and he became a God. That's not what the scriptures teach. Scriptures teach, I am God. There is none like me. There wasn't one before me. There won't be one after me. That is complete teaching that is against the scripture. So what do we see here? For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools 
and change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like a corruptible man into birds. By the way, if you want to call in, we may go over just a little bit because I feel like we need to hit these verses. There's so many of them that speak to this. Uh, this issue of God's commands, his statutes and his laws. I, I just I want to put that out there because I'm afraid that many people have never even seen this or heard this as far as the commands of God and the consequences of not obeying them. They changed the truth of God and lie, worshipped and served the create the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause. What cause? Because they wouldn't they wouldn't embrace what God was showing them in the natural they ignored him, and then they twisted uh, the creation and what was known in them to their own fancies. They would not honor God as God. Rather, they wanted to dishonor themselves. So God gave them up to vile affections, vile affections. When you hear these people come out of the closet and they talk about, well, you know, I just had this, this desire for another man, or I had this desire for another woman if they're a girl, right? All this kind of stuff, those are the vile affections. I'm not saying that men shouldn't love other men or women shouldn't love other, other women, but we're talking about love, real love, which is demonstrated to them by caring about their best interest, what's going to uplift them, what's going to push them towards godliness and honoring the one who made them, not dishonoring their bodies in the way these people call love. It's really a vile affection. I'm not saying they don't feel romantic. I'm not saying they don't start things, you know, that they get together. I, I read a, a, um, I read a, a testimony of a lady. She's now the She's now a pastor's wife, but she was in the uh, you know, lesbian scene, had, quote unquote, gotten married and had a house with this lady and a dog and all this stuff. So you understand there are certain attachments, they're, they're emotional attachments. They're not based in law. They're based in what pleases the, the person themselves, not what pleases God. And that was a hard thing for her to leave, but she people people were faithful with her. They were patient with her, and they taught her the scriptures, and they helped her understand how to be a woman that was that would honor God, and called her to faith in Christ and repentance from her lifestyle. And she did. She did. Her name was last name was Bud or something. I forget what it was. I but I, I forget probably more than I than I retain. Anyway, this is what it says. God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Here's, here's Feminism 101 right here. This is where it starts. It ends in lesbianism, if you really follow it out. Okay, But this is where it starts. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust, one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. Richard Grinnell is not gay. He has been turned over by God to dishonor himself, dishonor the man he's with, and dishonor the public and the things he said. Bradley, be with you at 3. Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning at 6 a.m. Continue with us on SunsLibertyMedia.com. See you. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio and also Missouri Liberty Radio. I want to, I want to throw that in because you guys will be coming on later in the day. So let me, let me just point out that those who support, like this red pill woman, 
who was on Rumble and left this left this this comment. Let me tell you something. You're not just going to support Donald Trump and the lawbreakers. You're putting yourself at odds with the God of heaven. Romans 1, as we scan down, there's another. It isn't just about homosexuality. Look, they talk about uh, uh, verse 28. Listen to, what, listen to what this is. Let's just continue this and we'll finish it at the bottom. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And he extends this out. This isn't just to the sodomites or the lesbians. Look what he says. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, that's any kind of sexual activity outside of marriage, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. I mean, Grinnell just admitted he's proud, that gay people are proud. I don't even like gay people. That's what he, that was his words. Sodomites and lesbians are proud. Boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Listen, who knowing the judgment of God, they know it. They, Paul's already said they see it. It's revealed from heaven every day before them. They know the wrath of God against unrighteousness. They know it. Knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Did you get that? If you're a person who supports this kind of stuff, you're worthy of the same kind of death as those who engage in it. That's what he's saying. If you're going to support the lawbreaker, if you're going to come to his aid or her aid, you're worthy of the same judgment that they're worthy of. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Now, I want to go through some passages here just really quickly to make the point because I don't think people really get this. They say, oh, you're talking about the law of God, Tim. You know what? Well, we got a law. We're under grace. Yes, we are grace. But if you'll read the New Testament, and I didn't even pull this one up, but if you'll, um, if you'll read the New Testament, what you find is, is that Paul wrote uh, to Timothy, and he said, let me pull up the, uh, the passage here, and let's just read the context. I'd like to read the context just so you understand what Paul is saying here. This is from 1 Timothy chapter 1. Listen to what he says. And for people who say, we don't talk about law, we don't want the Old Testament, we, you know, all this stuff, and you demonstrate your ignorance. You really do. And I've seen people do it while they chase, you know, angel human hybrids and they they talk about the end of the world and all that it just it's just they're they're more schooled on that than they are God his word and his law his commands his statutes and his judgment they really are it's it's incredible to watch it it really is and they think that they know better than everybody else anyway this is what it says about the law listen to the context Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our savior and Lord Jesus Christ which is our hope 
unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. And I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some of they, some that they teach no other doctrine. Okay, so keep that in mind. They teach no other teaching. That's what that word doctrine means. It's not a four-letter word. Uh, it is. It just means teaching. Okay. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies. Where does genealogies come from? Genesis. And you hear these people go on and on and on about stuff they pull out of half a verse. Okay. Which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now, the end of the commandment is charity or love. That's what that word charity means. Out of a pure government. Is that what it says? Nope. Out of a pure heart, the individual. And of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. From which some have swerved, having turned aside into vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law. Notice what he says, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say, nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good. This is New Testament for all of you people who so say, you Old Testament lovers and blah, 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 blah. This is the New Testament. We know the law is good. Only, only, he qualifies this, if a man use it lawfully. You don't twist the law in order to browbeat your brother or to somehow judge him. Use the law. It's good if it's used properly, if it's used lawfully. Okay? Knowing this, and he's talking about the law of God. They don't have American law. They don't have Ugandan law. They have the law of God that was given in the Old, in the Old Testament. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. You hear that? The law is not made for a righteous man. Look, I want to I ask you something. Some of you may talk about things that go in your heart. That's one thing. Things that go in your mind. Yeah, you'll get those things, and Jesus says as much as he says about that. Okay, and you'll give an account to God for that. But let me ask you something. How many of you listening to me, how hard is it for you to keep from murdering people? I know sometimes some people will test you. Don't get me wrong. But how hard is You don't just run, get up every day and say, oh, I think I'm going to blow away about 10 people. Nobody, you don't do that. Most people don't do that. Okay. How many of you get up in the morning and think, I'm going to rob this person because I got to pay my bills? How many of you get up and do that? No, you don't do that. How many of you get up and say, I'm going to go commit adultery with my neighbor's wife? No, most of you don't do that. You don't do that. How, how many of you are going into court and you say, I'm not going to bear a false witness? Or I'm going to go bear a false witness because I want to get this person in trouble. Most people don't do that. Jesus talks about his yoke is easy, his burden is light. What is that? Following after him. Putting that yoke on, you know, the oxen, you'd have two of them, you put the yoke on them, and they pull the cart together. Two are better than one, right? Jesus is in the yoke with you. He says it's easy, it's, it's light. What does the Bible say about the sinner's way? It's hard. The way of the sinner is hard. So let's go back to what Paul tells Timothy. The law is good if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. What does Jesus say? This is a fulfillment of the law. Loving God and loving your fellow man. Well, how is that done? By not doing the things found in the law. 
or by doing the things found in the law. The first table of law is about how you love God. Commandment one through four, five through 10 are the, how you love your, your fellow man. If you, if you love them, you're doing those things or not doing those things that God said. Okay. And all, all the commands have positive aspects and negative aspects. You don't do something, you do something. Okay. But the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient. For the, the law is made for the lawless and disobedient. For the ungodly and for sinners, that's transgressors of the law. For unholy and profane. For murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers. This is what the law is for. For manslayers. For whoremongers. For them that defile themselves with mankind. That's sodomites, by the way. That's what that is. For men stealers. That's kidnappers. For liars, for perjured persons, that's those who bear false witness. And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine or sound teaching. So what's the law good for? It's good for pointing out when men are in violation of it. That's what it's good for. And if they're in violation of it, they're called, one, to repent, and two, if they won't repent, you have to bring justice upon them. By not doing that, you're not reflecting the character of God, no matter how much you think you are. You're not. So, Paul states in the New Testament, the law is good, but it is not for a righteous man. It is not for one who keeps the commands of God. It is not for one who is in Christ. It's not for him. In fact, he goes on and he says this, check this out, just to demonstrate this for the, those who are in Christ, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was, what was Paul? He was a lawbreaker. I was before a... I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. He, didn't, he knew there was a God. He was taught the law of God. But he was a persecutor of God's people. He was a persecutor of the righteous. And God showed him mercy. Oh, that we would desire that God would show those who are lawbreakers mercy. But I'm going to tell you something. Mercy is extended to those who acknowledge their lawbreaking and repent. It is not for those who are proud and obstinate, as Richard Grinnell spoke about. The law is to apply to them. And so are the statutes and the judgments of God. They are to apply to them. Yes, we call them to repentance. Yes, we tell them that Jesus died for sinners. He became sin who knew no sin, that he might make us the righteousness of Christ. Oh my goodness, how far are we away from to where our indentured servants will look at a country who's in some means upholding the law of God in their own laws, and we'll say to them, you're an abomination. That's wrong. We're going to impose 
economic sanctions on you. How far are we away from what I just read to you from the, the, the Connecticut um, Constitution or the Mayflower Com Compact? How far are we away from that stuff? How far are we away from? I'm going to read some of the state laws here, too, in just a second. But I want to give you this because I think this is very important. And there's a ton of these, by the way. I'm just going to hit, I'm just going to hit the highlights of these, okay? There's a bunch of them, by the way. This comes from Joshua chapter 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun. He's the only guy who doesn't have any parents, right? He's the son of Nun. Okay, it's a dad joke. Sorry about that. Moses' minister saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all the people, all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. And by the way, he, God gave them all the land that he promised to the fathers. That's in Joshua chapter 21. You can see uh, where he said he, he did as much. Okay, so people who say, well, he never gave them all the land, well, you're at odds with what the scriptures say, okay? You need to repent there. Verse 5, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses, so I'll be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Boy, that's comforting, isn't it? You're, you're, you've been in the shadow of Moses. You're one of the last remaining people of the generation before that didn't believe God and didn't go into the land and didn't receive the Sabbath, if you, if you will, the rest of God and the, the benefits of God in the land. You and Caleb are the only guys left and you're in the shadow of Moses. Moses is gone now and God says, I'm going to be with you. Don't worry about it. But God says this, be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide in, for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Now, if he, if he says it once, it's important. He, now he says it twice. That thou mayest, why does he need to be strong and courageous? Stop and ask that question. Does that mean, well, he needs to look at the giants and he needs to do this and not be fear? He's already demonstrated that. He's already told them they're a piece of cake. They're bread in their hands. He's already done that. That was 40 years prior. Okay. But listen to what he says, why the strong and very courageous. Verse 7, be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe. Observe what? To do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. And by the way, Moses wasn't just talking off the top of his head. He was giving the word of God. It was the law of God. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. I don't know what this talk is about right and left. I thought I used to understand it, so I said, yeah, okay, you want to call me a right-winger, knock yourself out. I'm not a right-winger. I ain't a left-winger either. I'm one that wants to hold up the law, and that doesn't have a right and left. If you're right and left of the law, you are a law-breaker. You are a lawless person, and you need to repent to the law-giver, not the U.S. government the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's who you need to repent before. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper. Why, do, why is the law so If you obey the law of God, what happens? You prosper wherever so ever, whithersoever thou goest. 
And he says this, verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then shalt make thyself thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Joshua, have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Don't worry about what the people say about you. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Wow. Wow. Incredible. So let me take you through just a couple of passages. I'll have these listed, and there's a ton more, because all I did was did a search. I did a biblical search for commandments, statutes, and judgments. That's all I did. Just those three words, commandments, statutes, judgments. I want to show you what came up in the Scripture, because it's very important. God is reminding people to keep them, to learn them, to memorize them, to impart them to their children. And then he also goes on and he says, I'm judging you because you didn't keep my commandments, statutes, and judgments. Pay attention here. This is Deuteronomy 6. We read this the other day. We, we used to read this on, on uh, Rotten of the Core Wednesday. Verse 1. Now, these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it. Also, he goes on and he teaches them to teach these things to their children. Now, I can tell you, there is no public school in America that is teaching the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments of God. None of them. So if you're a parent who wants to obey God, and you take this as a principle, yeah, it was given to Israel in the Old Covenant, but guess what? In the New Covenant, what happens? We have been made, those who are far off, have been made part of the commonwealth of Israel. By the way, Ephesians 2 goes on down, the, down to the list, and it says we are fellow citizens with them. Okay, so our submission, our citizenship and all is bound up in the commonwealth of Israel with Jesus as our king. Okay, so God tells them right off the bat, these are these things which he's going to teach them. They're to have them in their hearts, the fathers are, and they're to impart them to their children. That's the rest of the chapter. Here's some more. Verse, this is Deuteronomy 28. We've read this. This is the blessings and the cursings, but listen to what he says. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that would include his statutes and his judgments, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if, if, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Let me ask you something. Does it, in the things that I, I showed you, and I didn't even, well, I didn't even really get into a lot with Biden, but does the things that I, I quoted from the Biden administration, I quoted from Ted Cruz, that Richard Grinnell played Donald Trump saying with his own, does that look like they're hearkening to the voice of the Lord? I'm just asking, does it sound like they're hearkening to the voice of the Lord according to his commands? No, they're not. 
No, they're not. Let me give you a few instances here. This is Leviticus 26, beginning at verse 12. And I will walk among you and will be your God, and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, that ye should not be their bondmen, and I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you go upright. See, what was going on in Egypt is a picture of what sin does to us. That was a picture in the physical. Our sin does what? It brings us into bondage. Jesus said the, one you, the master you submit yourself to is the one you're serving. If you submit yourself to sin, you're the slave of sin. But if you submit yourself to righteousness, then you're the slave of righteousness. Verse 14, but if you will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments, and watch what he says, and if ye shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhor my judgments, so that ye will not do all my commandments. Notice that, statutes, judgments, commandments. How is God known? By his judgments. Not by his commands, but by his judgments. You don't follow the commands of the Lord, you get judgment. But that you break my covenant, I, that's God, also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror. Boy, for the past couple of decades, that's all we've heard is terror, terrorism, terrorist. Now you and I are being labeled as terrorists. Cons consumption, the burning ague that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart, and ye shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. And I will set my face against you, and ye shall be slain before your enemies. They that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee when none pursueth you. And if ye will not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. And there's more. There's lots more. This is from Deuteronomy chapter 7. Look at what he says. Know therefore, this is verse 9, Deuteronomy 7. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Do you love God and keep his commandments? You can't do one without the other, by the way. You can't love God and not keep his commandments. You can't just toss them off and say, this is nothing. Okay? Incredible. Incredible. Some of the comments just not even part of what we're talking about. And repayeth them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hateth him. He will repay him to his face. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. Wherefore, it shall come to pass if ye hearken to these judgments and keep and do them that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swear unto thy fathers. And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. You want God's love? You want his blessing? You want, you want to be multiplied? Well, keep his commandments, his statutes and judgments. Because we haven't done that, you look at how America has fallen. Look at her birth rate. 1.27 kids or whatever. When the scripture are clear that children are a blessing from the Lord, blessed is the man who has a quiver full of them. Let me ask you something. 
Any of you guys have ever done archery? You ever went hunting with a bow or with a crossbow? Any of you guys ever done that? Do you go out there with one arrow? The guys who went to battle in the days of old, did they go out there with one arrow? Huh? They wanted to have as many as they could. Why? Because there was a lot of enemies to, that they had to fight. And today, the church has been taught to go right along with the world, restrict the family, at least how they think, and to not just let God open and close the womb, even as Jacob rebuked Rachel because she was barren. Why are you coming to me with this stuff, lady? God opens and closes the womb. No, nope, we're wiser than God. Lord, we got this. We got Margaret Sanger's birth control. That wicked woman who was opposed to God, his commands, his statutes, and his judgments. We've got her stuff to do this. Now we've got this new technologies that we can stick in our bodies, and all of it's producing for women who do it. Listen, women, I'm not dogging you. I'm just telling you the facts. All of that stuff, when it first came out, high doses of estrogen were killing women. Now we know that you're putting these things in your body. It leads to ovarian cancer. Yep, leads to ovarian cancer, uterine cancer, all kinds of female re reproductive problems because you want to control what God controls. And men who support it, you're doing the same thing. Look, I, I'm going to tell you, I was one who did it. I, I supported that. When I first got married, within three months, the Lord had convicted me and my wife of those things. And we said, okay. It doesn't make us better than you. I'm showing you that I was one of those. I was one, even as a believer. I didn't know. I was ignorant of these things. So I'm not looking down my nose at you. I'm telling you what it does. The end result for you is death. It literally is. And many women have perished because of that. I don't rejoice in it. I don't think myself better of people. No, I was there as a man understand, thinking the same thing. Stupid me. Foolish me. And God had to correct me. Thank God he did. Thank God he loves his children enough to discipline them and to correct them. He loves those he disciplines. Praise God he does that. If you haven't had a father that disciplines you, that corrects you with his speech or with his corporal punishment... You don't understand love. You really don't. Deuteronomy 7, Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. And he tells them he's going to bless them if they do. This comes from Nehemiah. Listen to this one. And again, it's funny he keeps going back to Egypt. He keeps comparing this, making this comparison to Egypt. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 10. And show us signs and wonders upon Pharaoh and all his servants and all the people of the land, for they knewest that they dealt proudly against them. So didst thou get thee a name as it is today, as it is this day, and thou didst divide the sea before them, so that they went through the midst of the sea on the dry land, and their persecutors thou threwest into the deeps as a stone into the mighty waters. Moreover, thou ledest them in the day by a cloudy pillar, and in the night by a pillar of fire, to give them light in the way wherein they should go. Thou camest down also upon Mount Sinai, and spake with them from heaven, and gavest them right judgments, and true laws, good statutes, and commands. 
and madest known unto them thy holy Sabbath, and commandest them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses thy servant, and gavest them bread from heaven for their hunger, and brought us... I mean, he tells about how God cared for them, and in the midst of that, he gave them his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments. Why? Because God loved them. Oh, well, some people want to thank God's a mean, old, nasty God because he gives these commands that are against the things that they desire to do. I would ask those people, do you have kids? Do you love your kids? So when your kids are doing something wrong, morally wrong, they're lying, they're cheating, they're stealing, they're going and attacking other people, hitting their brothers and sisters, or whatever the case may be, do you correct them? If you don't correct them first, you don't love them. Okay, that's pretty clear. You don't love that kid. If you correct them, why are you correcting them? Because you want them to do what's right. You don't want them going out and having their head cracked by some guy in a blue uniform with a, with a badge or black uniform with a badge on because they didn't learn to control themselves from doing what they burst out in emotion to do. You love them for that. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 5. Listen to what goes on. Verse 5. Thou, thus saith the Lord God, This is Jerusalem. I have set it in the midst of the nations and countries that are round about her, and she hath changed my judgments into wickedness. That's what Ted Cruz was promoting. That's what Joe Biden's promoting. That's what Donald Trump is. And anybody else in the, in the big field of those two parties, they all promote this stuff. The changing of God's judgments and his law into wickedness. Let's decriminalize sodomy. More than the nations and my statutes, more than the countries that are round about her. Even the other countries realize that what she's doing, this is why it's incredible. Here's Uganda. Uganda expressing more righteousness than the United States of America who had a godly and Christian founding that I read to you earlier. <sighs> Boy, have we given cause for the nations around us to blaspheme God. We have. We've actually done that. That's exactly right. And Israel did it too. This is the application of the interpretation, by the way. For they have refused my judgments and my statutes. They have not walked in. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because ye multiplied more than the nations that are round about you and have not walked in my statutes, neither have kept my judgments, neither have done according to the judgments of the nations that are round about you. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I, even I am against thee. Your greatest enemy, America, is the Lord God of heaven. Because you will, you like Israel, will not keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments. You have made the Lord your enemy. Why do you think your borders are being flooded? It isn't because of Joe Biden. For most people who aren't paying attention, Donald Trump was doing catch and release until like the last year of his presidency. Let me tell you something. You take away this welfare program for illegals and for citizens. You start taking that away, and then you see how many people are crossing over the border. Some of you have probably seen some of the, the pictures of these immigrants who are coming across the border. They're going in the hotels. They're eating all this fancy food. Uh, they've got 
they're 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 drunkards. They've got internet access. They they're put up in the finest hotels. All on your dime. It's all on your the joke is on you. It's not on Joe Biden. It's on you. Because we won't keep God's commands, statutes, and judgments. We think they're burdensome. We think they're an abomination, like what Teddy said, Ted Cruz. We think all these kind, of, but then we start trying to come up with more laws to fix the violations of law, the, the central thing, which was mainly taking the people's money and luring people in on that money. When what happens is if you take it away, you go back to the way it used to be. If people came to the United States, they came on their own dime, somebody else's dime to train them with something, or they came uh, pretty much as an indentured servant, an apprentice to learn something so they could start something for themselves. They, they weren't a citizen, but they were allowed to come in. If they wanted to become a citizen, there was a naturalization process, and they did that. But what we've done is we've created law upon law upon law, man's laws, to fix the fact that we don't obey God's commands, his statutes, and his judgments. Okay? Same thing happened with Israel. Here's, here's a couple of more. Just let me give you these, and uh, we'll close out the show. Nehemiah chapter 1. And here's what we see. Verse 4. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee. Now, how did they do that? We tells you. We have dealt very corruptly against thee, have not kept thy command, or have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. And then he says this. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, if you're going to violate the law, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if ye turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out into the uttermost part of the heaven, yet I will gather them from thence and will bring them into the place that I have chosen to set my name there. You know, God's merciful. I've, I've said this over and over. If you're repentant, if you want to come to him on his terms, you want to bow the knee to King Jesus, there's mercy to be, to be had. That's what the gospel calls men to do. Turn from their sin. Get clothed in the righteousness of Christ, which he purchased with his own blood at the cross. And then submit to the risen king who sits enthroned upon heaven, who has a kingdom for you to live in. And obey his law. And again, I'm not preaching works righteousness or salvation. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you obey his law because of what he's done, because he has saved you, because he has placed his mercy upon you. What does Romans 9 say? God will have mercy on whom he will have mercy, and he will harden whom he will harden. So if God lays mercy upon you, your response to that, 
of that mercy, of the forgiveness of your sin, is to obey him and to love him. That is what it means. Those are synonymous. You can't say you love God and hate your brother. What is hating your brother? It's a violation of the last table of the second table of the law. You can't say you love your brother and you hate God. What's hating God? Violation of the first four commandments, the first table of the law. You can't do it. Let me give you a couple of more. I'm going to try to hit these real quick. Here's Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11. I'm just going to read the text here so you see what's going on. You can read the context later yourself. I mean, I'll have the context up. You know I'm a stickler for context, but it's basically giving the same kind of thing. It's either promises for them or they've went astray, and it's calling them back to these things. Okay? Beware that thou for—this is verse 11, Deuteronomy 8—beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God. How do you forget God? Stop and think about that a second. How do you forget God? In not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command thee this day. You forget God by forgetting his word. You forget God by forgetting his word. Here's another one. This is Deuteronomy 11, 1. Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. And then he goes on and he says this, And know ye this day, for I speak not with your children, which have not known, and which have not seen the chastisement of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his strength, his stretched out arm, and his miracles and his acts, which he did in the midst of Egypt. See, it always goes back to Egypt, reminding us. What, how does, what, is the, what is the prologue, the preamble, I don't know the word I'm supposed to use here, uh, to the Ten Commandments? What is it? I am the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. That's the prologue to it, or the preamble to the Ten Commandments. The next thing is the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. These people had seen the miracles of God. Their fathers had seen them. They died in the wilderness because of unbelief. All of this. They had seen it. Two more. And there's a whole lot more. I'll, I'll have the full list of the search up so you can go through it if you want to do that. But this is First Kings chapter 8. And beginning at verse 56, or excuse me, beginning at verse 55. And he stood and blessed all the congregation of Israel with a loud voice, saying, Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people Israel according to all that he promised. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise. Not one word. Everything that God had promised had come to pass. The land, the promises to the fathers, all of that, which he promised by the hand of Moses his servant, the Lord our God. Uh, be with us as he was with our fathers. Let him not leave us nor forsake us, that he may incline our hearts unto him. How does he do that? To walk in his ways, all his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, which he commanded our fathers. And let these my words, wherewith I have made supplication before the Lord, be nigh unto the Lord our God day and night, that he maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel at all times, as the matter shall require, that all the people of the earth hmm, may know that the Lord is God, and that there is none else. 
Let your heart, therefore, be perfect with the Lord our God, to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments as at this day. This is this is uh, all throughout the scripture. God tells them to do this, and it's going to be well with you. And then when they don't do it, what do you find them seeing? They're being judged. All the curses are coming upon them. This is why it's so important to see what we talked about in Matthew 24. The curses were, were just up to here. And then when they killed the Son of God, God says, that's it. I'm not having any more of you guys. My cup is full with the wine of my wrath, and I'm going to pour it out on you without dilution. God was merciful to this people. For hundreds of years, even from the very start when they took the covenant and Moses sprinkled the blood on the book of the covenant and he sprinkled it on the people because they agreed to it, they were immediately breaking the covenant and God was merciful to them. Year after year, decade after decade, century after century, until finally he sent his son in the fullness of time, Paul says, and they murdered him. And Jesus said, let all the blood of all the prophets from Abel to Zacharias come upon this generation. And it did. God judged them. That's what Matthew 24, it isn't about today. It's about what he did then. Why? They wouldn't keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments. And here we have people like Joe Biden, Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, and people like them correcting God. Correcting God on what God was clear the sin of sodomy is. And not only that, professed Christians are ready to vote this antichrist i didn't say he was the antichrist i said he's an antichrist john says there are many antichrists that have gone out in the world and that was first century who says things like this retweets from wayne allen root quote president trump is the greatest president for jews uh, or jews that call themselves jews but are really the synagogue of satan they hate christ they have an antichrist doctrine and for Israel, that's an antichrist state. It doesn't embrace Christ. It wants to persecute the followers of Christ who preach his gospel. In the history of the world, not just America. Well, he's not Israel's president. Dummy. Not just in America. He is the best president for Israel in the history of the world. And the Jewish people in Israel love him. Well, sure, antichrists love antichrists. Of course they do. <laughs> That's not hard to understand. And then he goes on and he says, he's like the king of Israel. They love, who's the king of Israel? The true king of Israel. Remember, believers have been brought Jew and Gentile, Ephesians 2, into one new man. They're not going to be separated. They've been brought into the, the, those who are far off, the Gentiles have been brought into the commonwealth of, where? Israel. That's not some postage stamp piece of land in the Middle East. It's the kingdom of God. They've, we've been brought into there by the gospel. Who's our king? Donald Trump. Wicked. Fleshy. Donald Trump is being compared to King Jesus, the king of Israel. 
They love him like he is the second coming of God. Do you want to talk about asking for it? This guy, Wayne Allen Root, is asking for it, and so is Donald Trump by retweeting it. But American Jews, don't Jews who call themselves Jews and are not, they're a synagogue of Satan, don't know him or like him. They don't even know what they're doing or saying anymore. It makes no sense. Yes, it does. For those of us who understand the law and who understand who a true Jew is and who understand who the king is and who understand who Israel is. But that's okay. If he keeps doing what he's doing, he's good for all. Listen to this. Jews, blacks, he's the term gay sodomites, everyone. And importantly, he's good for everyone in America who wants a job. Is that what we live for? Is we want a job. Boy, if that isn't Marxism to the hilt, I don't know what is. Everything flies in the face of the commands, the statutes, and the judgments of God. And Donald, I'm going to tell you what, anybody tells me something like that, and nobody's probably ever going to tell me something like this, I'm going to rebuke them. I'm not going to tweet that out. I'm going to rebuke them. What in the world blasphemy are you putting out? Stop it. Quit doing that. What in the world's wrong with you, Wayne Allen Root? What in, what in the world's wrong with you, Donald Trump? For oh, Tim, you're just jealous. I'm not jealous. These are things that they're doing that's bringing judgment upon us because the people want people like this in authority. They want their indentured servants to not have character. They want them to think like this. And they're not thinking about the consequences that come. They're not learning from, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, the example of those in Old Testament Israel who wouldn't believe God and obey Him. That's what the American people want. For what I'm seeing, that's what they want. And they have been conditioned to do it. Listen to their arguments. Well, if you don't vote for our guy, then you're really casting a vote for the other guy. I, I don't even know how to explain to them the logical fallacy they're, in, they're involved in in that. But they are. I, I mean, it, it's absolutely incredible what we're at to where we're seeing professed Christians in the Senate, people like Ted Cruz, Guy like Joe Biden sitting illegitimately in the White House. Guy like Donald Trump. And there's a host of others that are just like him. Just like him. They'll speak out about it against Uganda for trying to keep God's commands, his statutes, and his judgment. I'm not saying they're keeping it perfectly, but they're definitely not wanting what these people are pushing on. What a shame to us as a people here. How we have departed wickedly from our God. How have we done that, Tim? We don't keep his commandments. We don't keep his statutes. We don't keep his judgments. We think, just like Ted, that they're an abomination. That's what we think as a people. I'm not talking about individually. You guys who are listening, I'm, maybe I'm hitting some of you. I don't know with that. But I realize people who listen to the show, for the most part, would not go along with that, yet many will listen and support those who do, like Donald Trump or Ted Cruz. Reading for this, somebody who's on also on Red State Talk Radio, I think midday, in the Matrix. They're, they're QAnon sense people. And they were writing something on all of this stuff. 
And I just kind of laughed. I'm like, people follow these people because they're, you know, claiming to have some kind of special knowledge, inside understanding. And they've been giving you that they've been feeding you this QAnon sense line for how many years now? 2015, 2016. Oh, it's coming. The storm's coming. Oh, you, you just get your popcorn and sit back and let it happen. And nowhere is seen God's commands, his statutes, and his judgments. Just, oh, there's a military operation. We're, we're fighting some, some you know, spirits underground and stuff. And it, I don't know. I, I, they never produce any real evidence to show you that. But people latch on to it. Instead of the people just sent, simply saying, look, you're our indentured servants. You're the one who gave your yes and no, that you would obey the instructions your employers gave you. And you're not doing it. And not only are you not doing it, you're thumbing your nose at God. You're making the people the enemy of God because you're in that position. And the people will not bring them to justice. Oh, friends, brothers and sisters, we must repent ourselves for our complacency, for our own sin, for our own wickedness, for our own forgetting of God and understanding how we should be pushing that into the culture through the gospel message, through the whole counsel of God. We've got to, we've got to take care of business at home first. We've got to clean our backyard. We've got to clean our front yard. We've got to clean our house first. Getting the moat out of our own eye first. And then we can go and we can deal with the speck in our brothers. But in this situation, it's not a speck. It isn't even a moat. It is a huge boulder that is in the eye of the United States of America. Huge boulder. And it's got to be removed, and the people have to repent, and they've got to return to the God that we read about before, the Mayflower Compact, in the Connecticut Connect, uh, Constitution, the God of our fathers. The one who established all things. We've got to do that. Are we ready to do it? Are we just ready to point the finger and say, oh, that guy's bad? Are we ready to deal seriously with God and return to his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments? I'll leave that up to God. Whom he shows mercy, he shows mercy. Whom he hardens, he hardens. I don't have any control over that. But that is the message. And sadly, many Americans are not listening. I'm telling you, listen to what God has said, and then obey him. Bradley, be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com, and then we'll be back with you in the morning, Lord willing, bright and early, 6 a.m. Talk to you then. See ya.